Can't really say anything else. You know, this one was for Sevi. I know he he was up there helping and help he did. Vamos, John Ram is the Masters champion, ladies and gentlemen, and what a worthy winner he is indeed. In buena, John. Many congratulations indeed from everyone at Bunkered. And this is the final Masters commute. Michael McEwen here at Augusta National one last time this year, and I've brought him back, ladies and gents. You all enjoyed him so much the other day when he was praying for Rory McIlroy oh, to win, and he's back. Jamie Weir from Sky Sports. Hello, my friend. How did you enjoy that? I'm still reading from you saying enhorabuena because that was, you said it in such a fantastic Spanish accent as well. Claro que sí. Almost like mucho español. Wow. You're actually fluent, aren't Solo you? Solo un poco. <laughs> no, that's pretty impressive. Um, There's lots about me you don't know, Jimmy. Yeah, there you go. We could do this entire podcast in Spanish if you Let's want. Not. I speak The numbers Spanish. from Spain aren't great. Right, okay. Look, delighted. I'm delighted that he's a deserving champion. It's my first ever Masters and a generational talent has won it. Uh, he was fantastic today in tough conditions to only make one bogey all day. Yep. Okay. I'm sure we'll get on to it. Brooks had a little bit of a sort of meltdown and sort of opened the door for John Ram, but he went around in 69 and made one bogey. And that one bogey was a little silly bogey that could it have was. easily been a yeah. par. And uh, look, I'm just, I think you saw how much emotion there was in his face in that 18th green and making that walk to the scorer's hut and, he is, more than any other player I know, a real student of the history of the game. He really is. I and didn't think that coming into the week, yeah. but my God, he's proven it this week. He really is. He is in love with the game of golf. And none of the, all of the greats who've come before him, none of that's lost on him. And the fact that Nicholas, Palmer, Player, Ballesteros, Watson, Faldo, Woods, Ram is not added to that list, will mean so much to him. I, I'm just, I'm made up for him. Uh, nothing against Brooks at all, but John was who I was rooting for all day and a deserving champion, a fitting champion, the world number one and two of the majors now in European hands. Yes, indeed. And he looks good in green as well. And you're right. They always press. They found a jacket the right size oh, for him. By the way, when yeah. does that ever happen? I know. No, he, he looked fantastic. In and I'm about to go and interview him shortly, I should just say. And yes. I'm, I, I, I don't think I am going to be cheeky enough to ask for a photo of him putting the jacket That's on me. That's upon here, Jimmy. Putting the jacket on me, right? Putting it on you. Well, I was thinking about that, right? Because <laughs> I was thinking, like, if Rory had won or if Jordan Spieth had won, there's no chance I'm getting that jacket. Or, no. Is there? But jo I reckon I might fit into John Ram's jacket. He's a big old unit. Well, listen, you're wearing a very fetching blue blazer I've at the moment. It, it, it looks like the Travelers Championship jacket. I've so, dressed up yes. just for this podcast. Oh, is that what it yeah, is? It is. Just yeah, for you. I'm sure it is. Just for you. So you're quite right to say a, a fantastic final round at the end of what was a marathon day. And right. Coming into the day, John Ram was four shots behind Brooks Kepka. He within seconds never mind minutes reduced yeah. that deficit to two he birdied the the seventh i believe it was in the That's third right. round kepka bogeyed it cut down to two but you know still 29 holes in a day is a hell of an effort never mind under major championship conditions what did we learn about john ram today that we didn't know before i think the thing first and foremost we learned about john ram is that the stick that has always been used to beat him with is that he's hot-headed and temperamental and you know, when things don't go his way, the toys can come out of the pram and he can unravel very, very quickly. Today he had ice in his veins. They were standing on the 13th tee in their third round today with the deficit reduced to one. And John Ram's got two par fives left to play. 
He played his last six holes in two over par in that third round. Now, the John Ram of old, there might have been steam coming out of his ears as he walked off that 18th green, short turnaround to the fourth round. Oh, I've really let an opportunity slip through my fingers there. Instead, he was calm, collected. He went out at the start of the fourth round. He chased down Brooks Kepka, and as soon as he got his nose in front... I mean, there was no stopping him at all. I, he was such impressive front runner. It was, it was a lesson in golf course management, wasn't it? The, yeah. the way that he played today. Let's hear a little bit from John from his press conference after winning the green jacket. Let's hear what he had to say. Hard to hard to put it into words. Uh, obviously, we all dream of things like this as players, and you try to visualize what it's going to be like and and what it's going to feel like, and. Uh, when I hit that third shot on the green, and I could tell it was it was close by the crowd's reaction, uh, just a wave of emotion of so many things just overtook me. Uh, never thought I was going to cry by winning a golf tournament, but I got very close on on that 18th hole, um, and a lot of it because of of what it means to me and and to Spanish golf. Right, it's, it's Spain's 10th major for a player to win the Masters, fourth and. Uh, my second win, right? My second major win. It's it's pretty incredible, and and to play the way I did today on on Sunday, uh, only one bogey. You know, on difficult conditions and coming in with a margin, oh, hard to explain. You know, a lot a lot of pride. Yeah, really impressive stuff. I'm I'm always amazed with John Ram and a bit like Martin Keimer, as well. They speak a lot more sense in their second language than most people I know speak in their first. John Ram's third language, really, because. Basque will be his first language, but but yes, you're right, and he didn't speak a word of English before he went to college in the States either, which I still find incredible. He's so eloquent, so articulate in English, fascinating to listen to. I mean, I I can listen to him talk all day. As I said, he is such a student of the history of the game. You know, all the greats who have gone before him, that's not lost in him. You know, Spanish history means a lot to him as well. You can tell that he, he kept referencing Seve and Jose Maria Lathabal mm-hmm. and Sergio in his press conference. What a nice moment at the back of the 18th green when Jose Wasn't Maria was there. Like, yeah. I'm not an emotional person, Jamie. I'll, I'll, I say that, but I felt quite emotional this week for a number of reasons. Oh, let, tell us, please <laughs> no, tell no, us, no, Michael, no. why you felt emotional I'm, this week. I've already told what, people what are we in? What are we, five minutes into this podcast <laughs> before you brought up the fact that you're going to be playing Augusta National tomorrow? 20, well done, Michael. 25 hours. No, that's not true. Christ, if it's 25 hours from now, I've missed my flight. It <laughs> is 13 hours from now, I will be driving up Magnolia Lane. And I don't know what I'm going to listen to you. Never sleep. mind all that bullshit. I'm going, sli- me. I'm going to slip you a few sleeping tablets tonight. <laughs> yeah, thanks for that. And what? just I'm turn up tomorrow and say, ah, I'm Michael McEwen. Please, can I uh, have the 10, 20, 18 Is time? That what I sound like? Uh, it's oh my generic word. Scottish accent. If, if you're going to slip me sleeping tablets, Jamie, my question is, what are you doing in my room? <laughs> never mind that. The nice is, but young. Where were we? Yes, emotions and Jose Maria Alathabal. Yeah. That was a lovely moment behind the green because... John, as you say, student of the game and has spoken so much about what Seve meant to not just him specifically, but to golf more broadly and Spain more broadly. Then you've got Jose Maria, who, I mean, what more is there to say about the Gentleman. relationship that he and, and yeah. Seve had? Uh, yeah, right. You know, it, it goes without saying. I can't help but feel, I'm not a, well, maybe a little bit of a spiritual person, 
but I cannot help but feel that Seve's looking down on that moment with one of those magnificent smiles of his. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a remotely spiritual person, but you're right in that there is a certain poetry to the fact that it would have been his 66th birthday today, 40 years since he won his second green jacket. I think I also picked up on earlier that Adam, John's caddy, is wearing number 49 this week, 49, which in American dates is April oh, the 9th. Oh, no way. Um, so, you know, little things like that. Are, you know, yeah. they, they don't, they I don't, love the they don't mean things. anything, do they? But Everyone gets spiritual about the caddy numbers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, you know, I, I think it's just, I mean, I, we were both in his press conference there. It was brought up to him that he's the first European ever to win the US Open and the Masters. And we both looked at each other. And like, we both looked at each other. Is that right? And it is right. And John Ram didn't know about that either. But, you know, there's another little, you know, feather in his cap. He was cap. so chuffed to hear that as well, wasn't because he? Because it just, as I said, like more than any other, look, Roy McIlroy, Justin Thomas, they're, they're, they're students of the game. They, they love golf. They will, on their weeks off, be sitting in front of the sofa watching golf. Maybe not Rory this weekend. I don't know. It might still be a bit too raw for Rory. But John Ram, more than anybody else, He's just adores it. He He's a golf it, he? nerd. He just it is his life. It is his obsession, and um, he looked fantastic in that green jacket. I'm so chuffed. I'm so chuffed for him, considering that he started his tournament with a double bogey, four putt. Yeah, unbelievable to turn it around in the fashion that he did. Uh, it speaks to his mental resilience as well, and exactly, to go into the goes, final day to day trailing as he did. That goes back to my point that you know, as a younger man, and he's twenty eight, but as a younger man, it was yeah, always like, rough paper oh, he's, Spain, oh, he's, a bit of, he's a bit of a hothead, and uh, you know, even he, you know, the toys come out of the pram, and he, he, he loses the plot when things aren't going his way. A lot of players might have just lost the head at a four putt double bogey to start off their entire mm. tournament. And here we are, 71 holes later, he's the Masters champion. The shot in 14. Let's talk quickly mm. about that. I mean, he, he said it himself in his press conference. That's when he felt that that was like the decisive moment right. in, in the, not in the final round, but in the final day. Like, oh my God, I've, I've got this. A sensational approach shot. He, he wasn't quite stymied behind the tree just off the right of, of 14, which is a terrible place to put it in the first instance. I'll yes. try my best to avoid that tomorrow, Jamie, obviously. Because <laughs> you're just as long as John Rambles. Absolutely you? huge. Well, we're playing off members to you. So, right, um, yes. Yeah, I might be up there. But to, to hit that shot that he did, you know, 128 metres, I think he said he had, and just rolled it in nicely, used the contours of the green and knocked it up to three feet. It feels like we should be talking about that shot, not just at the end of this year's a shot of the year, but in years to come. Yeah. It was understatedly good. We have there's always those moments, aren't there, where, where masters champions of years gone by, where there's that one shot from their final round, which seemed to be the shot that they will be remembered by. Whether it's Bubba hooking one mm -hmm. yeah. out of the pine straw at the tenth in twenty twelve, mm -hmm. I lost the. Because I can't quite remember there for a second, 2012, or, you know, Sergio hitting the pin on 15 yeah. in 2017. You know, there's so many iconic shots on the years. Jack rolling in the putt on 17. Sandy. Sandy out of the bunker in 88 on the 18th. Uh, you know, there's always one shot, mm -hmm. and that's John Ram's one shot. Maybe topping it 90 yards off the tee in the 18th might be one I'll shot as well. As well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, that, that was the shot that, that closed the door in Brooks, and I think, you know... If the wind wasn't already out of Brooks's sails by that point, then he knew at that point that his race was run. And as I said, it just it was an exhibition in front running. Mm -hmm. The second John Ram got his nose in front, I had no doubt at all. No, that he'd be really, no doubt, injury. absolutely no doubt at all. 
Other players, I would think, you know, he's still a bit of a wobble. Oh, he's still got to get through MN corner. Oh, you know, there's there's Race Creek in 13. There's the water the 50. Oh, he's 16. You know, you can... Uh, John ran the second he got his nose in front with. Basically, when he birdied eight mm-hmm. and Brooks only parted, I was like, oh, this is John Rams. Game over. Game over. Okay, interesting. Let's talk about Brooks and indeed Phil Mickelson a little bit more right after this. All golfers can agree, hitting it far feels great. But does it feel great? A first in forging has created irons that have never felt better. Paradigm was precisely constructed with the first ever AI-designed forged 455 face cup and an all-new speed frame to enhance speed and feel, earning 15 out of 15 stars from the Golf Digest hot list. This is the new Paradigm in performance from Callaway. Welcome back. Part two of today's final Masters Commute sob. And you know what? You'd think that listening to this, we've been away for 30 seconds. The truth is, and you know I don't like to to bullshit anybody, the truth is we've been away for about an hour or so because Jamie (laughs) has been interviewing the new Masters champion, John Ram. How was he? He, he, First and foremost, exhausted. (laughs) As soon as I sat in the chair, I was just like, are you tired? He's like, you've got no idea. (laughs) You know, long day out in the golf course, but just then everything that goes with it, people pulling you in different directions, you know, getting the green jacket ceremony in Butler Cabin, then out again on the practice green and interviews left, right and centre. And he just wants to get home and go to sleep in his green jacket, which looked fantastic on him. Does it look that good close up? Do you know what I said to him, actually? It's remarkable. It already looks tailored. It already looks it already looks if it fits him like a glove and he says he gets to keep it for a year before then obviously he has to stay here permanently. But uh yeah, he was in good form, um, answered a few of my questions very openly and honestly and um you know, spoke about because I think as I said in the first part, more than any other player I know, he, he's a real sort of student of the game and he acknowledged that and spoke about the players who've come before him and what it means and asked him about, about what his champions dinner is gonna be next year, whether there's mm-hmm. gonna be any Basque delicacies on it, and gave a little insight in that. So yeah, no really? lots of fun and just for me, caps for me personally, caps off a really special week to actually interview the champion face to face. Yeah, and I want to come back to your week towards the the end of this year. Bear in mind, you were just speaking to a man that's just won over $3 million as mm. well. $18 million in prize money up for grabs this week. It pays to be good at golf, evidently. One man who most certainly is, is Brooks Kepka. Just wasn't his day-to-day, Jamie. You know, he went out there, as we said, part one, start with the four-shot lead. That very quickly, almost instantly became two. And for a guy who made one bogey in his first 36 holes, he looked like he didn't know what a birdie was for for most of Sunday, didn't he? Yeah, he slightly unravelled, and that was maybe a surprise to a few people who'd just seen him look imperious over the first two days, and he looked to be that sort of killer Brooks Kepka that we'd seen knock off those four major championships at quite a lick, uh, you know, four or five years ago. And I think it came as a surprise to a few people that he hit a bit of a brick wall today. I was just reading a sort of few tweets there that saying, actually, this is becoming a bit of a theme with Brooks Koepka now. His last major championship, he dropped five shots in about the space of 10 holes, and he only just clung on because DJ was inc- equally stinking the joint <laughs> out, and, and, and third place was so far back. Then the US Open that year against Gary Woodland, he had a real good chance. Yeah, you forget. He made a late bogey and then powered his way in, lost by three. The following year, the PGA Championship, the Phil Mickelson one, he was one shot up in Phil Mickelson after the first hole, 
then ne- played the next ten holes in five over par or something, just disappeared off the radar. And then this today as well. So actually, he's he's now making a bit of a habit of once he gets a sniff at majors, actually not seeing it through. And that would surprise a lot of people because people just think Bruce Koepka, absolute major machine, and it's Stone Cold Killer. He's got four of them. He's got four of them, and he was so impressive in in winning certainly the first three of those four. But um, yeah, he just couldn't get it done today. The putter went stone cold sure for him. He did those of the lefts as well, it felt like. And I just think when you're playing, look, Brooks is an imposing alpha male, right? But he's alongside today probably the only other more imposing, <laughs> more alpha male out there. And I just think when you're looking across at John Ram on every tee box and he's just looking like he's not going to make a single mistake, that's got to get into your head. I think you're probably right. It's funny, you know, he has won four majors. You're right, the ones that he's missed. We could easily be sitting here talking about Brooks Kepka being on seven, maybe eight majors tonight. Mm-hmm. Four starting to look a little bit, I'm not going to say underwhelming, but a little bit less than he yeah. ought to have at this point in his career. I mean, I don't know about that because it's, it's really difficult to win major titles. And, you know, Rory McIlroy's only won four. I think Rory McIlroy is probably the greatest player of his generation. It, you know, in some ways... If Brooks had won today, he wouldn't. It wouldn't have sit, sit, sat right with me living in a world where Bruce Koepka had won more major championships than Rory McIlroy. You know, Seve only won five, uh, Faldo won six. You know, it, it's difficult to win lots of major championships, and um, Brooks has won four of them, and I think that's probably pretty reflective of his talents. What about Phil Mickelson then, the man who finished tied for second with Amazing. Brooks Koepka, fifty-two years old? Let's let's be completely honest here, Jamie. I think that we thought we had seen the last of Phil. The yeah. last twelve months, it seems like his career had kind of, to use your word earlier, unraveled. You know, we all had that thrill. What are we on now? Twenty three months ago at the USPG at Kiowa, where he won in record breaking fashion. We all loved it, and then it's been a car crash after car crash. Yeah, really and, a self, and a self and a self imposed car crash. Mm-hmm. We have to yeah, say as well, but you know. That PGA Championship victory at Kew Island, to me, is the greatest major championship victory of all time. Now, lots of people will sort of get very misty-eyed about Tiger in 2019 here, and that was incredible. But for Phil to do what he did, a month shy of his 51st birthday, when nobody saw that coming at all. On that golf course. On that beast of a Mm. golf course, was just, I, I, I couldn't believe. And I still sort of slightly have to pinch myself to believe that it happened because it has been 23 months yeah. since his last decent round of golf, basically. So true. Yeah. And this came out of nowhere this week and it just goes to show how important it is to know every square inch of this course and to have that course knowledge. He's won three green jackets and he loves it around this place and it was an accident. It was just a clinic today watching him yeah, on was, that particular on that second nine. It was classic vintage Phil, wasn't yeah. it? You know, he started the day one under, he was 10 shots back and then he sets the clubhouse target at minus eight. I think it was always going to be too far back given the caliber right. of players in front of That's him. That's it. But for a minute there, he reminded us all of just how good he was and the sort of clownish Phil that we've yeah. become accustomed to it was all back, wasn't year. it? The, yeah. the cheesy smile, the thumbs up to the oh, crowd. Yeah. And like the crowd were being pulled along for every second yeah. of the ride as well. You know, over the last 12 months, you thought might have thought Phil Mickelson has lit his own reputation on fire and lost a lot of fans. And I think and he has, did, he has lost a lot of fans, but my goodness, the patrons today were going wild for him. Today, I mean, a little bit earlier in the week, it was quite lukewarm for him. Yeah. But they, they warmed him. And I think that's because people are hard to satisfy, right? And if you upset them, especially a golf crowd, 
they will they'll forget you very quickly mm. but phil reminded them as i say of just how good he was that birdie on 18 the putt was never going anywhere other than center cap yeah it was it was a special moment speaking of special moments jamie then i mean we could talk about all of the players in the field but i'm wanting to keep this brief we're going to go into more detail bryce and i when i get back to the uk whenever i get back to the uk we'll talk a bit more about some of the players and some of the, the bigger incidents key incidents but let's talk about the week it, as you said, is your first Masters week. Has it lived up to your expectations? And then some. It's been unbelievable. I've just loved it from start to finish. We work long, long days, mm-hmm. but it doesn't feel like work. When your alarm's going off at five o'clock every morning, you're getting back at close to midnight, but you spend your day watching golf in Golfing Utopia. And it's just been... I, I can't even put into words just how much I've loved it. This whole place is just like a golfing mecca and it's beautiful and it's pristine and it's everything you would expect it to be. And as I think I said in the pod earlier this week, you know, I, I've watched the Masters for 30 plus years from home and I know that the course is beautiful and I know that the clubhouse is stunning and Butler Cabin and all that. I know that it all looks a million dollars. What has blown my socks off is all the stuff that doesn't need to look nice for TV <laughs> is also beautiful yeah. as well. Everything behind the scenes, the press building we're sitting in now, the TV compound, all the pathways everywhere, the concession stands, the gift shop, everything is just like paradise and it is just such a special place you know i love the open championship the open championship will always be the greatest major for me but this has the masters has ratcheted up a few notches after this week and i'm just as i said earlier on delighted that my first masters has seen a generational talent crowned and a man who's going to go on and win more major championships what's been your personal highlight of the week Ice cream peach sandwich. <laughs> Game changer. It has changed my life. It is really? So, oh my gosh. Have you, have you had one? No, I can't. I'm Are you kidding me? Oh, my, Michael, Michael, Michael. It's just not worth the hassle. To no fair it. play. But um, yeah. it's funny. I stood there at the, the stand in the media centre. So there's a little grab and go area. And these ice cream sandwiches that Jamie's talking about oh are kept God. underneath. You yeah. can just kind of, if you yeah. just say, can I have an ice cream sandwich? They, it's almost yeah. quite clandestine. That's they right. one out and they yes. hand it to you because they're not on display. And I was standing there yesterday waiting for a beer and somebody said to me, are you waiting for an ice cream sandwich? I said, well, actually, no, I, I can't have them anyway. I'm, I'm lactose intolerant. And they're like, what? And I said, well, you know, you can't miss what you never had. And they went, you can miss this. This is the greatest yeah. thing you will ever eat. They're right. They're they're right. <laughs> it has honestly changed my life. So what are you going to do about it? How are you going to get well, that back? I mean, I'm going to have to wait another 12 months to my next one. <laughs> but um, yeah, that or, you know, on a more serious note, I think it was Tuesday of this week when I just went out with my cameraman, with my producer, we grabbed a beer and we just walked the entire back nine with nobody on the course at all in the setting sun. And I just had hair standing in the end the whole way around. To see Amen Corner in the flesh for the first time. I mean, just, uh, I'll never forget off. this week. An unforgettable week. And God, I just hope I'm back 12 months from now as well. Yeah, you and me both. Well, I'm going to be back tomorrow morning. Oh, my God. And he brings <laughs> it up again. Right, listen. <laughs> how, but that, how much are you looking forward to tomorrow? I'm beside myself, to be completely honest. And you get the full red carpet treatment. Oh, you? yeah. You arrive here. You're in the clubhouse. Yeah. You're in the changing room. You're The whole thing. So I get to drive up Magnolia Lane. 
it's funny, I this is a, a bit of a name drop, but I know Sam McTrusty, the lead singer of Twin Atlantic, quite well, and we're texting back and forth, what Twin Atlantic song should I play driving up? All right. I'm also tempted to play the Welly Boots song, given that my dad wrote that yeah. back in the day. And yeah, it feels like that would be quite a nice thing to do as well. <clears throat> but yeah, drive up Magnolia Lane, I get access to the clubhouse, get to breakfast in there, get to hit balls, I get into the pro shop. I then get to play 18. There's in a buffet lunch in the trophy room. It's just, I'm saying it all and listen, I'm, I'm, I'm like you, I'm, I'm absolutely battered. It is a long week. The days are exceptionally long. It's not chipping away at a cold face. I gather that, but it's, it's like the hours are the hours. And so I'm tired, but I'm, I'm the adrenaline getting, the adrenaline's getting me. Yeah. So I'm, I'm so excited. I'm going in with absolutely no expectations. I'm going in with no objectives. I'm, other than purely just to soak it up and enjoy every second. And listen it. to your caddy. And listen to my caddy, yeah. 100%. That's the goal. But uh, yeah, so I'll probably be talking about that a little bit more length. Again, when I get back to the UK, I'll probably do a full pod with Bryce about what it's like to play Augusta. Oh my God. That pod is actually going to be that. So on the first, <laughs> I took driver and I had 220 yards in for my second and I took my hybrid and then I was just short of the green in two and oh, I Christ chipped I up. So. You're going to literally talk through every bloody shot, aren't you? Shot by shot. That's the plan. So, I'll make a mental note to miss that. Plug. Yeah, it's going to be a long episode, <laughs> man. I can assure you. So, yes, As he, Michael talks you through all ninety-eight shots. <laughs> if it's only ninety-eight, I'll be delighted. Yeah. But listen, Jamie, I'm so glad you've had a brilliant week. It's been great to see you out here. Thank you for coming on the pod, not once but twice, back by popular demand on this particular <laughs> Sunday. So, thank you. Safe travels. No home. problem, bud. Love you. Have a great day tomorrow. Oh, thank you, mate. Thank you very much indeed. And to you for listening. If you've been with us from the very start of the week, thank you so much. We've done seven of these. It's been a load of fun. So thank you very much for listening all the way. Thank you to Callaway for their continued support. Loads more Masters coverage and recapping and everything you could possibly want to know about the Masters is going to be at bunker.co.uk and stay across our social media channels to tons of reaction to follow. Until next time, thank you for listening. Bye-bye for now.